Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We've been fighting this same fight for more than 30 years. Well, I got into it just over 30 years ago, and I'm sure it went on before that. But that, of course, has to do with the Bernardo story and the fact that this uh, serial monster was essentially released from a maximum security prison, Millhaven in Ontario, to the La Macaza, medium security institution in Quebec. It's a step down. How many of you know, how many of you have been listening to this program long enough to know that we revealed... Much to the discomfort and distress of Correctional Service Canada, during an interview, when I obtained the handbook for prison inmates, oops, offenders, and uh, in the preamble, the offenders are described as clients. Got that? So when you're... I don't know what they've done with it since. It's probably got a brand new term. It's even more friendly, people kind. Um, So when you're incarcerated in a prison and the doors clang shut behind you, I've been in about seven or eight prisons. Um, Two doing my program there with the inmates committee and several others when I was in an advisory committee for the public safety minister at the time. They really clang. Some of them do. Some of them just hiss shut. But there's no mistaking where you are. So somebody came up with the idea that we we can't call them prisoners. Can't really write offenders anymore, so we'll call them clients. Did you know that, Mr. Trudeau, or did somebody keep that from you? How about you, Mr. Mendicino? Did you know that that was in the CSC handbook for offenders who are brought to prison called clients, named clients? I don't think they've changed that. Okay, Tim Danson is the lawyer for the French and Mahaffey families who want Bernardo returned to that maximum security prison in, uh, in Ontario, Millhaven. Tim, thank you very much for joining us. Do you believe Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Mendicino when they say they weren't informed by the staff about the transfer of Bernardo from maximum to medium security? Well, I was just saying that, you know, I, I'm finding it very frustrated. Uh, it's almost like broken telephone. Uh, I don't know what the truth is. Uh, it seems to me that uh, when there's a decision of this magnitude, uh, at the very least, that the commissioner of corrections would call the minister directly. And in the alternative, and I would say a distant alternative, send an email directly to the minister. You know, the fact that you're leaving this with the minister's staff uh, and it goes that many months without it being communicated to the minister, I don't know if if this is plausible deniability. Um, In speaking with the families, you know, enough is enough. I mean, there seems to be unanimity from the prime minister to the minister, leader of the opposition, uh, and it seems like 40 million Canadians, that this was a shocking decision, an incomprehensible decision. Talk is cheap at this point. If everybody believes that, if all the politicians believe it, do something about it. Rescind uh, the transfer order and transfer Paul Bernardo back to Millhaven, maximum security. Then we can maybe have a discussion about how all this happened and what the criteria is. 
But right now, uh, the fact that he is in uh, medium uh, security uh, is, is something that I find fundamentally repugnant, given what this person did uh, to these poor uh, uh, girls. Yeah. Does Bernardo, and you've seen him up close during uh, parole hearings, does Bernardo enjoy the public attention? Oh, I, not only does he enjoy the public attention, the, 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 the fact that he videotaped these unspeakable crimes uh, against Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey, he, let, let's understand this. He did this for his own personal entertainment. Um, this is a person who all the top medical experts has, has, has found to be a sadistic, sexual psychopath. And he's been designated as a dangerous offender. And as two years ago, uh, at, the, at his 2021 parole hearing, the parole board found, based on the evidence, no remorse, no empathy, no insight, not treatable. I mean, he's the worst of the worst, and he must face the harshest penalty known to law uh, for his unspeakable, sexually sadistic, and brutally violent crimes. Period. End of story. This kind of template justice where they put all prisoners in the same category is simply absolutely unacceptable. You cannot treat uh, a sadistic sexual psychopath the same way that you would do someone who did a break and enter. Uh, you know, there's got to be some sense of reality to this, and it's got to stop. Yeah, I was just thinking about 35 years ago or so, you and I sat in this very studio, I'm in now, with Jim Stevenson, whose son Christopher had been abducted and sexually assaulted and murdered by one Joseph Fredericks, who was uh, described by a judge as a sadistic, um, a masochistic uh, pedophile who enjoyed torturing his victims more than he enjoyed killing them. And yet they set, they set them loose. They set them loose. And you found out uh, during the inquiry that Correctional Service Canada's um, supervisory person for Fredericks didn't know what a sociopath was. This, the, the holes in this, in, this, in this case, in these cases, are extremely disturbing. You were at the uh, parole hearing for, uh, for uh, Bernardo last time. Um, what's his attitude in there? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting question, Roy, because, um, you know, one of the things that I've been asking for, uh, and we do have a case before the Federal Court of Appeal that I argued in February, we're still waiting for a decision. I want the audio tape of his two parole hearings, and in particular, the last one, to be released to the public so the public can hear for themselves. I mean, these are public hearings. Let's understand that. These parole hearings are public hearings. There's no reason why the public doesn't have a right to the evidence uh, and listen to Paul Bernardo himself, because what they will hear uh, is shocking and, and chilling. He talks about his crimes, uh, his offenses against these girls, as normal people would talk about the weather. Uh, this person is in an entirely different category than any, any other offender in the system. So when I start hearing this nonsense argument about a slippery slope if the minister and the government intervenes and rescinds this order or directs the commissioner, we're talking about one half of 1% of the prison population. We're not talking about 99.5% uh, or more, 99% of the pr prison population. So, um, you know, it's almost as if they, they don't, you know, they, they play lip service to the gravity of his offense. But for those of us who had, who unfortunately had to review and listen to these videotapes, yeah. uh, these crimes are so beyond unspeakable uh, that to treat him uh, in a way that he should have extra privileges when he didn't give anything, he didn't give a damn about the privacy rights of Leslie Mahaffey and Kristen French. Um, you know, it, it's pretty startling. And and the other thing that's really concerning me here, 
Now that we know that, uh, and I found this to be shocking, that the corrections, even though they didn't do it the right way, uh, informed the government uh, uh, in, on March 2nd, and they waited effectively to June uh, to enforce their decision so that it actually corresponds with the abduction uh, and, the, um, and the murder of Leslie Mahaffey. Leslie Mahaffey was abducted on, 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 on June 15th in the early hours, and, and, and she was killed today on Father's Day. And they decided that, that this was a good time to implement this decision. If they have any sensitivity at all towards victims, um, when you come in within weeks to the anniversary dates of the murder and abduction of their, of their children, it would be April for the, for the Frenches, they're in turmoil. And I'm not saying that the people at Corrections did this on purpose, but what I am saying is they didn't even give it any thought. They weren't even thinking about it, yet they play lip service to victims' rights. This is a horrific uh, time. It could not have been worse. And I quite find, and it's just completely un- unacceptable. Tim, we've heard uh, repeatedly from uh, family members of, uh, of murder victims when they attend parole board hearings that they feel like they're irrelevant, like they're just a nuisance, and their victims' impact statements are said to be too long by the parole board. And if you don't, you don't shorten it, we will. And if you don't edit the content, we will. It's not about the victims. Uh, in, in this case, it's really about Bernardo. What are they saying? What, what's the official? Um, explanation for the move from maximum security to medium security for Bernardo. In other words, what are they trying to get away with? Well, you know, I mean, I find this really, really disturbing because uh, 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 that's the exact question that I asked uh, when I was advised that this transfer had taken place. And they said, we cannot tell you because of Paul Bernardo's privacy (laughs) privacy (laughs) rights, which just... Is, is just unacceptable. And I've said it before, and, and Roy, you and I have talked about this. Uh, under the Privacy Act itself, the government is required to do a proportional and principled uh, evaluation of the public interest against the particular privacy interest of the offender in question. But they don't do that. They do it at large. That's why I say it's like a template application of the law. So I want to know exactly, and I, we still don't have an answer you define, that is Corrections Canada, you define exactly what the privacy rights Paul Bernardo has left that are so important, so monumental that it trumps the, uh, the public's right to know. Because the law requires you to do that, and they're not doing it. As far as I'm concerned, they're breaking the law. And, and, and the government needs to jump in, and if they feel there is a lacuna or a loophole in the law, change it. People like this, we don't have capital punishment. That's not a problem for me. But but they but at least he should be experiencing the severest punishment that we can we can met out, and that is life means life in maximum security. Full stop. End of story. This person doesn't deserve anything more than that, given the specific horrific, unspeakable crimes that he committed. What what are your and the French or Mahaffey family's concerns about how far Bernardo might move in a step-down direction toward prison gates? You know, a lot of conversation about whether or not he could ever be considered for any kind of day parole. And right now, it's he couldn't consider it. But this this move to the medium security prison has me concerned because that's the route Carla Homolka took. So uh, what are your concerns in that regard, if you have any? Well, I do, because I've, I've been doing this for 43 years, and I've seen, I hope this is not the reason, but the problem is when they, when they, when they rely on secrecy and don't tell us the basis for their decisions, uh, it, it creates uh, cynicism and, and suspicion. But we do know that it is, it, is a, it, is a, it is a process that Corrections Canada and case management teams follow all the time, is that they cascade the offender 
through the system from maximum to medium to minimum to enhance their chances uh, for parole. I hope that's not what they're doing here, but we need to get to the bottom of this. And we've got to know what the criteria is. My view is is that when we do get the, when they do disclose the criteria, it will be it'll be completely focused on rehabilitation. Even though the experts say Bob Bernardo it, it can never be rehabilitated, he cannot be treated. There is no cure for sadistic sexual psychopathy. I, you won't find an expert in the world to say otherwise. Uh, and and they they kind of ignore the punishment factor and and. Uh, you know, I go back to the decision of the trial judge, then Associate Chief Justice Lesage, who then became our Chief Justice, one of the most experienced and distinguished and, quite frankly, compassionate judges this country's ever seen. And he made it clear that Paul Bernardo is to spend the rest of his life in jail, never to see freedom again in a maximum security institution, that he cannot be treated. And that has not changed. And that was the same record. That was in 1995 when he was declared a dangerous offender. But just two years ago at the parole hearing, the facts had not changed. So what on earth is, is their new criteria? I mean, what, what, what do they think? What are they going to say happened in the last two years that didn't happen in the previous 30 years? Right. You can't treat these guys. No, as I said earlier, no remorse, no empathy, no insight, nothing. They can't be treated. And we're doing this guy a favor, giving him more privileges? Uh, that's not justice. That's just not justice. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.